Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined today by Tom Fertile, Tom DeAngelis from Stewardship and Mission of Faith, as well as a dear friend of ours, Cameron Aris. Cameron, good to have you. Thank you. All right, Tom Thanks, and Tom, good, good to be, be here. Good to be with you guys. Uh, Cameron uh, was introduced to Stewardship through the gospel, ref- the live gospel reflections that we have every uh, every week, and uh, and has been on the radio a couple times now, right? Yeah, yeah. I love it. So well, welcome back. Thank you. All right. Uh, before we jump into the gospel, can you open us up with a prayer, Cameron? I would love to. Father God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for your word. Thank you that it is alive and active. And we pray for revelation to come through your word today. And we ask that we would have hearts to receive, eyes to see, ears to hear what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Beautiful. Thank you, brother. All right, Tom, read the gospel. I I, I don't think we told them where the gospel's from, so you can can take care (laughs) of that as well. (laughs) Sure, our reading today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 31 to 33a, and verses 34 to 35. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So there's there's small words have big meanings at at the end, Tom, when you were reading that last, the last line, if, right? Uh, That people will know that we are his disciples if we have love for one another. So it's... uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it reminds me of the, uh, the when Jesus teaches us to our Father. Uh, if you forgive others from your heart, then the Heavenly right. Father will forgive you. So right. there's there's some uh, there's some some power with with those two little letters. That's an interesting question. If we had love for one I, another, I, I what would the world that, look like? I, I think people like to think that the world would be transformed, and I think it would. But um, I don't think everything would be idyllic because. The love that Jesus is talking about here is the love of the cross. You know, it's the it's the love of sacrifice. It's the love of selflessness. And I don't. I think some of the natural occurring difficulties, problems, uh, natural disasters, things that happen to people, are part of God's plan. And He gives those things. He allows those things to happen. I should say, because 
they elicit something from us. They pull something out of us. And I think that whole idea, you know, like, do you think raising a child would be that much different if, if the whole world loved? I, th- I th- Kids are kids. They're going to grow up, you know, when they're little, they need to be disciplined. They need to be, and it's hard for, as a parent, you know, yeah. you have this natural affection for your kids and then it's tough. You got to like, you know, spank their hand or correct them or make, you know, and then they cry and you feel bad, but it's just, that's the, that's the element of sacrifice I think is part of love and it's part of the world learning. Um, but I do think the resurrection signals that there's some, there is a joy in that experience of sacrifice. I think people have come to recognize that the closer they get to Christ. That's good. A um, couple things. Loving one another, it, the scripture also talks about how easy it is to love somebody who loves you. But a sacrificial love, Jesus, his love was sacrificial. What does that look like to sacrifice in love for somebody that isn't paying us back with love or somebody that's not loving us first? Even with Jesus, who loved us first, then we can answer his call and say, I love you too. But to, to the people who... Don't make us feel good about things. Uh, it's not as easy for me personally to say, "Hey, just so you know, I love you." And you know, maybe we can work this out. Maybe we can't, but it's not going to change that I love you. And I mean, I think about when it, if we have love for one another, how do we respond? How do we respond to what God is saying? So we hear His voice. And do we obey? Um, and I think faith, hope, and love, all pretty important. Faith, it's important. What you believe, having hope, having, having things that uh, you could see turn out for the good, those are all good things. But it did put an emphasis and said, the greatest of these is love. So do I have the faith for somebody that, that I'm going to meet this afternoon who tells me about problems that they're having in their body? Do I have faith that God could heal them? Yes. Do I love them enough to say, can I take a minute and pray for you? That's the difference to me. And sometimes I get those prompts and I obey immediately. Woohoo! There's other times I get those prompts and I'm like, right now, right here? In front of these people, you know, God, I, that, that, all right, that's a cool idea, but give, you know, <laughs> give me a minute, and then before you know it, they're gone, you're gone. It, th- those opportunities pass by so much, but I think it's important, and I think it's cool. I think it's great to have this faith, to have this hope, but what am I doing with it? What, am, am I having conversations in my head about what I should do, or am I going home and am I showing my kids how much I love them? Am I praying for somebody? I'll just share a real quick story. I went to the beach this weekend, and my wife ran in a race, one of those half-marathon relays, and we had some other friends run it. Then afterwards, you get together in this area, and they pass out awards, and they pass out medals, and some of our friends won first place, and my wife's group came in second place, and it was great. We were having tons of fun. And then I noticed this husband and wife, the guy had like a needle, and he pulled down his like one-year-old's pants and gave him a little shot. So I went, I just was observing it. I said, 
what was that about? Is he like allergic to something? He said, no, he's, he has diabetes. And I don't know how old he was. One, two, he was in diapers, you know. I said, I said, he didn't even seem to flinch. He said, yeah, we have to, he has a little monitor on him and we check it. And every time we see it, he doesn't, it doesn't bother him. We just give him the shot. And immediately I get this prompting, pray for him. And I'm thinking, I don't know these people. This isn't necessarily like a church environment. You know, there's beer everywhere and, you know, everybody's celebrating the race and, and there's music and stuff. So I just knelt down with the kid and I was going to ask the parents their permission, but I was kind of embarrassed to ask them. So I just had a little moment there. And as I was doing it, I felt like I did it the right way. But to be honest, I was kind of embarrassed to even like say to the parents, hey, can I just like pray that he'll be healed of diabetes by the time he goes to the next doctor's visit? I have the faith for it, but like the action, the love, like did, did I, and I can remember times in my life where people have prayed for me or they've seen me in a situation or they've just got a prompting and they've said, Hey, Cameron, I don't know how things are going, but can I just pray for you real quick? Those times were impactful in my life. So I think we have that same opportunity, whether it's received well or not with somebody else, to impact their lives by saying, hey, I love you enough that I actually believe the creator of the universe is going to listen to a conversation we're going to have with him, and he wants to interject in your life. That's my quick story. <laughs> oh, beautiful. You, Thank you. You remind me of like, I, I think sometimes I relate my faith to the faith of Peter, you know, when amongst the apostles, amongst the believers, you know, yes, I'm strong and I'm a right. good role model and I'll, you know, speak out. But, you know, when the when the chips were down and, you know, Christ was being, you know, persecuted and scourged, then Peter kind of wavered, right? Wasn't so, uh, wasn't so willing to say, yes, I know that man. And, yeah. and I think, you know, Cameron, in, in this world, especially as, let's be honest, as it gets more hostile towards people of faith, specifically towards Christianity, it gets more and more difficult. Um, and, and I can find myself going, well, you know, I'm just going to hunker down with that with believers and, and, and not so worry much, you know, about the other people. And yet that's not what we're called to do, but it is daunting. Yeah. You know, what do you do in that face of absolute hostility or absolute, you know, whether it's atheism or, or even worse, absolutely, you know, like anger or hostility towards people of faith, you know, and to love in that moment and to just, you know, to take it or, or to offer a prayer or somehow to diffuse that. It gets, it gets tricky. And yet that's, you know, I think that's what we're called to do, but that's, that's the challenge. You know, now sometimes, of course, we just wipe, we just, what did Jesus do, right? Just uh, wipe the dust off your sandals, shake it off and move on. And sometimes that's all you can do. You know, I had a situation with one of my children, um, you know, explaining that, like, well, how do I, you know, this, this student, this kid is like really, you know, mean, like, like you don't have to endure abuse, Sometimes you just you do have to just yeah, dust you just off on. your sandals and move on. You, but you still don't condemn them. You don't wish evil upon them. You don't wish you know right. damnation. We, we, we want no one to go to hell, of course. But you know we can't uh, change the hearts and minds of everybody. We can yeah. do. We can be the example, be the witness that we're called to be. And then you've got to let God and the you know, let the Holy Spirit you know work work on that heart. Right. Much better at than much better at than we are. Yeah. So. A previous story to this weekend, a similar thing happened. I, my profession is sales. I do sales, and I meet with different people in their offices, and we talk about things. And this guy started talking about how much his knee bothered him. And I've seen knees healed. So I, 
of course, immediately felt the prompting, and I said, oh, wow. Well, would you mind if I pray for you? And I was assuming he was going to say yes, because just my little interaction with him, I felt like he was a Christian, and, you know, there's Bible verses on the wall. So I'm, like, putting my stuff down. I'm, I'm in the process of getting out of my assuming, chair. Assuming the clothes. Yeah. I, I, was, I was taking a knee on the ground. I was seriously thinking, like, this is a no-brainer. I was so comfortable for me, and especially because I felt like I didn't know this. We never prayed together. I, you know, I'm just meeting with the man. I said, whoa, that's crazy. You're having, like, serious problems with your knee. I've actually seen, like, some miracles and some knees, and, like, I really believe that God's going to heal your knee. Can I pray for it? And as I'm going to the ground, he's like, oh, th- oh thanks. No, I'm, I'm good. Thank you, though. And I was, I was like, so take it back. Like, what? Now what? Okay. Um, and you transition to the next How's the weather? <laughs> yeah. How, how's the Orioles going to do this year? Seriously, it was, it was like pretty awkward. And then that was kind of, you know, you have some experiences like that, and it's like, yeah, you have the faith for it, and you have the encouragement for it, and you feel like it's going to get received well, and then it's like shut down. But for what it's worth, I'm obviously optimistic to meet with the guy again and thinking that that was some type of seed deposited. Mm-hmm. And if he is still having pain, maybe he'll just say, hey, you still willing to pray for me? <laughs> and if not, that's fine. You know, I, I feel like I all, all we can do is be obedient to those promptings. So, but uh, Maybe yeah. it wasn't all that bad and he just felt kind of embarrassed because <laughs> yeah. he wanted to pray for it. And it's really, you know, you, the next time you go back, if he doesn't complain about it, you pray, it probably wasn't that bad. Yeah, you're place, right. But, you're you're right. healed. Yeah, yeah. Mental yeah. yeah right. maybe it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish the story because mine's off on I was going to say, there's other times where somehow we're getting on the healing thing, but... I've asked people if I could pray for them, and they'll say, "Yeah, sure," and they'll like walk away. Yeah, like, "Oh yeah, you know, you pray. Have permission, but do it on yeah, your own yeah, time." Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> and then there are sometimes where I I get those promptings, and I'm like, "Well, I mean, like right now, can I put my hands on you and pray?" And they're like, "Okay, it's kind of like, yeah. fine, I'll do it for you if it's important to you, Cameron. Yeah. Sure, you're you're will go ahead, sure, do it. almost like, all right." Do what you want to do, and then let's move on. And actually, <laughs> we've seen miracles out of that. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's kind of crazy how that happens. Yeah, it, it's it's sometimes you get taken off guard, like like the story you're, you're sharing. When I was first, <clears throat> when I was first following the Lord, and uh, just figured that everybody I talked to that I knew was was Christian was following as well. Right. Uh, one time, this one guy I was talking on the phone. He was just talking. I think it was contraception, and I was like, "What?" Well, I said, "You know that the church." says what they say. He's like, I don't care what the church says. <laughs> yeah. So here, I was like so naive just thinking like, oh, wait a minute. He just might have forgotten that. Yeah. Let, me just, let me just throw it out there. Yeah, and he's like, his I don't care. It's like, uh, then how do you segue? You know, it's like, right. oh, hey. Yeah, that's one way to go. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's nice to pick and choose. <laughs> yeah, going back to something you, you said earlier, Cameron, I really do think it's it's very challenging when Jesus says, uh, and you touched on this, if you love those who love you, what merit is there in that? I mean, think about that. In other words, what value is it to love somebody who loves you? Of course you're going to do that. Why, right. why would you be nasty to somebody that loves you? You know, But love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. You know, If somebody you know, uh, is nasty to you, be na- that's the, it's almost like he's saying, if you just do what everybody else does, 
what merit is that? You need to do the tough thing. You need to do the sacrificial thing. You need to, you need to love those who not love you. And it's almost like everything else is not really love. This is love. This is love when it's when somebody insults you, when somebody is persecuting you, when they're, you know, and, you know, we've had experiences of that. You know, we've all had experiences of that in our life. But that's those are the people we're called to love. And then we had a discussion earlier in the week in our gospel reflection group about, well, what do you mean love? You know, like I can't feel affection to that person. And so and we kind of moved from there to saying, well, it's not always about how you feel. It's just about the way you respond and what you choose to do for the other person. Not, you know, you don't feel warm toward – one guy brought up. He said, he said, I just didn't feel warm to the Ayatollah Khomeini, you know, when he was <laughs> – he said, but I didn't know what to do. You know, like, how do I love him? Right. And, and somebody jumped up right away and said, just pray for him. You know, that's what you can do from a long distance. I mean, what could you do with them anyway? Because we don't interact with them. How would he know that I love him if, you know, other than if we pray? But I think that's really at the bottom of uh, that whole process is the easy ones to love. You know, Jesus doesn't put a whole lot of weight on that. He, you know, he, what credit do you get for that? You know, which is kind of like at the last judgment that we're probably going to hear that again. You know, right. Did you love the ones that were tough? Did you love the ones that were difficult? Did you love the ones that pushed back on you when you asked to pray for them? You know, did you pray for them anyway, or did right. you say, "Oh, to hell with them"? You know, <laughs> literally. You know? And in yeah. doing that, that's what provides witness. You know, I, I'm I'm reminded of, yeah. you know, C.S. Lewis asked that basic question: Should the Christian appear to be different? You know, like should should it be obvious to somebody that oh, they're they're a Christian? Yeah. And you know, I think the answer is yes. Not in the way of oh, because they are self righteous or haughty, but you know, because they love when it's difficult, because they reach out to the marginalized, because they go that extra mile and, and go outside the circles of their own comfort, that's what's supposed to stand out. I mean, th- th- that that witness, you know, goes back to like, you know, <clears throat> Mother Teresa, why why do you do what you do? Well, because God loves these children, these these people in the gutter, and I'm going to go out there and make sure that they're loved. I mean, that's yeah. that's it. That yeah. sums it up. And what yeah. a, what a witness that is. Sometimes it's that simple. It, it right? really yeah. is, and we complicate it, of course. Yeah. Um, it, it's not always that simple, but that's the I do what I do out of love, recognizing you know the, the ayatollah, whoever it is, you know, God created that person, and they and however they have drifted away, it's still a soul that, of course, we would want to reside with God in heaven forever, not to be damned. And so sometimes all you could do is, is lay that prayer out for that person. But it's that recognition, how we love is by, by recognizing that person who's driving me nuts, you know, <laughs> in line, or that yeah. person, whoever it is, they are a son, a daughter of God. And, and that alone warrants love warrants a recognition of their of their dignity as a fellow human being, as a fellow soul, as a fellow creation by God. Um, again, don't have to put up with you know uh, you know harsh attacks or abuse, but my my love is extended because God loves them because God made them, and it starts there. And, and part of the conversation about love is uh, praying for the grace not to take offense when when our yeah. when our love in you know when we put love in action and. It's not received well. Yep. Um, I guess an unloving thing to do would be to take offense. So at, you know, we really have to pray for the grace to to not yeah. to not take offense because then that's you know that, then the evil one's got us got us on his hook. We we had a beautiful opportunity to celebrate love. My parents uh, celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary. Very cool. And we had a dinner. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, my dad he has Alzheimer's. My mom's taking care of him. We, and we're all helping, but obviously the. 
the spouse is the one that's there all the time and they see, you know, they see 24 seven. Um, but it was just such a, a beautiful witness of love, right? That my mom is just caring for him so beautifully. And uh, during the dinner, I, you know, he's most comfortable with me taking him to the bathroom. So I took him to the bathroom and I was, had him in my arm. And I was like, oh, Bob, man, this is a big night here, man. He's, he's, you've been married for a while, right? How, how long has it been? He goes, I don't know, pretty long. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he didn't, he didn't yeah. know. But when we got back, you know, we had a toast and everything, and and people were asking, like, what what is it about it? You know, any any advice in in your sixty years? And it was so cool that my niece's husband, so my nephew now, by marriage, was uh, recalling some things that my dad had said before. He had Alzheimer's, and uh, he said, "Pop told me be the first to apologize and the first to forgive." Wow! You know, when I was when when they were dating, you'll be the first to apologize, first to forgive. And then my brother-in-law, married to my sister, said that when uh, when they were going through their dating and courtship, he said, uh, "Some people will say marriage is fifty-fifty." He said, "No, it's a hundred percent, and and expect nothing in return. That it's that you decide to give a hundred percent." Not not even a hundred a hundred because if I give a hundred, you better give a hundred to me. Right, a hundred percent that you make that decision, expecting nothing in return. So my brother and my, my brother-in-law and sister are married thirty years, I guess. Um, I think it's thirty. Yeah, and and he recalls that yeah. from when they were dating. Um, so it was just a nice way to honor my dad, where he would probably give that advice if he was able to now. But they're recalling his advice. Probably be yeah. even more impactful so cool. because of the years. You know? Yeah. But I remember from the old Latin rite in the Catholic Church, there was a standard homily that used to be read, and there's there's a paragraph that it gets to. They they read it the same because the mass was in Latin, but they read the homily, and the, of course the vows were in English. But it says, um, you know, this is a uh, this is a. Uh, marriage that is most serious and most sacred, and therefore it should be built on sacrifice. And then it says, sacrifice is often difficult and irksome. Only love can make it easy, and perfect love can make it a joy. And I always think people that get to 60 years must... The the, the difficulties they went through, but to have that approach, be the first to apologize, be the first to, you know, to step forward and say, I'm sorry... There must be a joy that, you know, until you get there, you won't know what it's like to have gone through those things and have been the person that's, you know. And, of course, that inspires the other. I mean, you, I don't think you can do that in a marriage relationship and not transform the other person by that love, you know. So it's got to be reciprocal at some point. Not that you don't fight anymore. You, mm-hmm. you probably do. But maybe the other person starts apologizing once in a while first, you know. And so before you even get a chance, you know. But uh, I just thought that was beautiful. Only love can sacrifice. Only love can make it easy, and perfect love can make it a joy. Just think about if sacrifice for another person, apologizing, could be a joy for you. That's a, that's a hard one for me to think about. But beautiful. Yeah. I wish they'd still read that at weddings. But <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you're talking about 60, 60th anniversary. Remind me this morning before this group. Now we had our gospel reflections, and when the one of our dear friends in the group was opening up his heart, and he was talking about how his wife's not with us now. She's in heaven, but they were married for 64 years. And this gospel reading reminded him when Jesus says, I will be with you only a little while longer. His last conversation with his 
64-year marriage bride. And obviously we know the joy is going to be to spend eternity in heaven, and we'll be together during that. But as I'm talking here, I'm thinking, I will be with you only a little while longer. Whether we live to be nine years old or 99 years old, we have Jesus here with us now on earth for a little while longer. Even if we live to 199, the, the, po- <laughs> the point is we just got a little bit of time. Um, and we have him with us here now. Like how much of an impact, how much love are we going to be able to pour out because we're so full of it while we're here for a little while longer with him? The, the, the excitement of the hunt, right? The, uh, I think we might have shared this last week or the week before, but if we live our lives as if we are on a treasure hunt, finding, trying to find Jesus in every single person that we meet, even the most cantankerous, right? Just, hey, we're on that treasure hunt to find the little spark of goodness, the little, you know, glimmer of, of light in their eyes. Um, you know, and in, in our group, kind of we were talking about complaining and how that's kind of contrary to love, like this, this whole complaint, a culture of complaining. Yeah. And, uh, and as we were sharing that, I was thinking, man, I need, to, I need help with not complaining about the complaining. And I was thinking about a dinner we were having with the family and all five kids were talking about different teachers and you know how they don't like this one, that one, the other one. And then I started to complain about the complaining. And then through God's <laughs> grace, I said, if you were stuck on an island and you can only bring one teacher with you, what, which teacher would you bring? And then it stopped, it stopped the complaining in its tracks. And they're all thinking, and they're all putting their teacher out there. And, uh, and then I was like, okay, well, if you picked a, a woman, now you can pick your favorite guy teacher. And, and you know, just, so it just very cool. You know, sometimes, like having the, the for me, the, the grace in the moment from God to to not join because complaining about complaining is complaining, right? <laughs> uh, but just to change uh, change the conversation. But if we could end with. The prayer of love, right? We're talking about, and this is this is the prayer leading up to what Cameron shared. Um, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. Love rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Faith, hope, and love always remain, and the greatest of which is love. God bless each and every one of you. Talk to you next time. Bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization 
and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.